drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Trumbier, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What is going on, everybody? It is Wednesday. We are here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Your host, Eric Oakry. We're talking Detroit Lions football, as we always do here on the show. We serve it up so you can drink it in. Drink it in, man. So this is the week. I was supposed to have Aaron, A.B., the A.B. couch coach on. You you know who he is. We, we've been mixing it up, having a bunch of fun on the show. This guy thinks he's the king of fantasy football. He's got some funny takes. He's uh, always bringing the heat here on the show. Well, I, I don't know what's going on with this guy because we try to get loaded up. This is the tech whiz. I mean, this guy's got 8 million ideas. He's a soon to be a multimillionaire, yet he can't get his Wi-Fi working. I mean, every third word he's skipping like he's on DJ repeat. I mean, I he couldn't get it work and I had to kick him off the show, but... I'm just going to roll solo. So, unfortunately, we had lots to talk about, lots of fun stuff to get into. But his dang audio and internet wouldn't let him be on the show. So, um, like I say, I'm going to serve up some Detroit Kool-Aid, some Detroit Lions talk for you today. I'll basically just run through what I was going to with Aaron, but you can get my takes instead, which are probably better, funnier, more entertaining, and more knowledgeable. So, here we go. Let's, let's not fool around. Let's get right into the show. Right off the top. You know, I was going to throw it to Aaron, like, what names at number seven for the Detroit Lions excite you? And the reason I was going to do that is because I really, everybody wants a trade down. I don't know that there's going to be a trade partner. I also have conceded that there's not going to be a quarterback selected by the Lions. And I'm not big on receivers at that point because I think you can get them later. So who excites me at number seven? Well, this has been cooking up the last week or so. And it's a name, Penne Sewell, the big offensive tackle from Oregon, 330 plus pounds. He can run, he can move. To me, I mean, if this guy makes it, and it's looking more and more like he may be there. I mean, look at the board. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Number four with the Falcons, possible quarterback. Number five, it just feels like Jamar Chase to me to the Cincinnati Bengals. It's very rare that you can get that QB wideout combo with guys that set the league on fire. And oh, by the way, look at number six. You could do the same thing if the Devon, if uh, the Dolphins want to take Devonta Smith from Alabama to pair him up with Tua as well. So. Could Kyle Pitts go anywhere from four to six? Absolutely, he could. But if Kyle Pitts and Sewell are on the board, both of those guys excite me. I'm taking Penne Sewell. After that, I'm taking Kyle Pitts. Would also excite me. I recently... I I don't know what to do about my jersey game. I feel like I got way too many Lions jerseys tucked away. 
I got way too many Stafford jerseys, which they're sweet jerseys. <clears throat> Excuse me. And everybody knows that number nine, you know, <clears throat> my goodness, I can't talk today. Everybody knows number nine is well-respected. Nothing wrong with wearing his jersey to the game if you still got one. But I've been trying to think, what do I do? You know, do I get a new jersey? Do I go with a swizzle? You know, do I wait to see who they draft? Or do I go throwbacks? I got a Barry. I got a Herm. You know, I got some other great jerseys that I might go with. So that might have to be the play. But I'm telling you right now, the Herman Moore 84 might have to turn into a Kyle Pitts 84 if that's who they select. The wide receiver, weapon, athlete, extraordinaire from Florida. But I don't know, man. Those two names excite me. The other name that excites me, Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. He's an exciting football player. It'd be fun to put him as the number one. But other than that, I mean, gosh, there's been a lot of rumor and innuendo about Justin Fields. I don't know if Justin Fields excites me. He doesn't excite me as much as Trey Lance does, but I don't think Trey Lance is going to be there, and Justin Fields would be a very intriguing pick, but I don't know if it excites me. It gets me kind of like, you know, we're either going to be, you know, lose out because Goff will be good or Goff will be horrible, and we hope that Justin Fields would be good at that point. So I don't know. The top three names that excite me at number seven are Sewell, Pitts, And then Jamar Chase, even though I don't want a receiver, I think Jamar Chase is that good that he's worthy of that pick if that's what they want to make and if he's still on the board. So the next thing I was going to throw at uh, AB there was, you know, positional value. I mean, does it matter or not? Now, I get on a lot of back and forth with people on Twitter at Derek Oak Creek and find me. I'll talk football, fantasy football, putting out mock drafts, doing doing as much as I can to engage with the fans out there, the great listeners of this show, as well as just I love talking football. I love football. I love the draft. I love fantasy football. So it's just a good time when I can make time for it. So you know, I get a lot of people on there that always want to tell me about positional value. Oh, you can't take such and such there. You can't take that position there. I'll never take a tight end up that high. I'll never, you know, and this is my big argument. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Back in the day when the draft was all screwed up and you were paying like 50 million guaranteed to a top, you know, top selection. Yeah, it had to be a quarterback, a left tackle, defensive end, you know, all the positions that you pay big time money for. And even then it wasn't worth it. You know, these guys still need a little seasoning as they get in the league. But once they once they pulled that back I made it a slotted scale I feel like you can pretty much take any position you want you're a lot of the draft experts I listen to are saying hey in the draft in general you're trying to hit doubles you're trying to get really solid football players with good character that are going to be you know stalwarts on your team for you know two contracts you know that that's kind of what you're swinging for a lot of times now do you want guys that are going to wear gold jackets sure do you want dynamic football players are going to be absolutely tremendous and just be game changers of course you do but this whole you can't take a linebacker you can't take this I mean I I just don't buy into that really I feel like it, it opens up a lot and 
positional value, I think, is a bit out the window. Now, it depends what your roster looks like as well. Because if you have a roster that you need a quarterback, yeah, I'm not I'm not taking a middle linebacker really up high in the top five or top ten even if I need a quarterback. I'm looking for that QB and, and putting that precedent over everything else. But if you're a pretty well-rounded team or you're the, like the Lions and you're pretty open to almost anything, you're trying to just find the best player at a position of need and the positional value thing doesn't doesn't really ring as true to me. I, I I do think, you know, when you're setting up your draft board, it's important to sort of look and see where where's the, where's the, you know, where's the draft deep because that's kind of why I went on this whole Kyle Pitts rant because I I like the player early, people laugh me out of the room. You know, I continue to say Kyle Pitts. He started to get some steam. Now he's going in the top four or five, so he's not even going to be there. So people are cooling off on him. But the main reason I'm going crazy for Kyle Pitts is because he gives you team position flexibility. He he gives you kind of insurance due to injury to Hawkinson or other receivers. And he's the unicorn of the draft. Like the, from him to the next tight end, it's a huge drop. Huge. And and then, you know, you, you you look at these other positions and, you know, if I don't get Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith or Waddle, I can go get Bateman maybe in round two. I can go get, um, you know, guys, slot receivers in round three or four. I can get a guy in round five that I can throw in the mix with Tyrell Williams and Perriman and Cephas and these guys we have. So, yeah, you want a dynamic prospect up top. I get it. But to me, it just feels just feels like you have to look at where it's deep. So this draft to me is deep at offensive line, interior, and it's at some of the tackle positions. Um, the, there's some wide receivers I like. Linebackers pretty deep. Um, you know, some of these, like I said, interior defensive ends, even some edge players, both at linebacker, just straight up defensive ends seems pretty deep. You know, where's it thin? Tight end. You know, you got your five quarterbacks. They're all going to maybe be gone before the Lions pick. You, you've got you got shortages, I believe, to some degree at corner. Um, this is an interesting safety draft, but not one that's very deep. So if you don't get one of the top few, you're re- you can wait till later and take a flyer on a guy. So anyway, back to my main question. Does positional value matter? I think it used to. I think now it's much more about taking the best player and making sure you hit on that guy, not worrying as much about the position unless I don't even mind a reach up top. If you feel like you can't get that position later. I mean, if the lions take Kyle Pitts at number seven, that opens them up for the next, you know, five, even if they deal down and get a six, seventh round pick that opens you up to be able to take all these other positions that are much deeper than the tight end, big-bodied receiver. Name, name another big-bodied, 6'4", 240-plus-pound player like Kyle Pitts in this draft. I'll wait. Exactly. There isn't one. So that's what I'm talking about is that you just got to play the board. You got to play the board for position depth, value, um, you let things fall to you, know that if you pass on a guy here and there's not another guy like him, um, you, you know, 
but if you if you pass on somebody and there's five other guys you like, you can wait around maybe and get a guy next. So I think that you know the the biggest thing is quarterback trumps everything. We've talked about that. You you don't classify Kyle Pitts as a quote unquote tight end because he isn't gonna block. He isn't gonna do some of the things you ask the tight end to do. But what's he gonna do? Dominate the middle of the field. He's gonna catch, score touchdowns for you. Mismatch nightmare, all that type of stuff. Run after catch, go up over top of people like Kenny did. Now that Kenny's gone, you need a guy almost like that. And, and you've added speed, so he doesn't have to be a speed demon. He can be a guy that works that middle, gets the jump ball, and is just an absolute nightmare with him and Hawkinson on the field. And like I say, Jamar Chase is just that great receiver. And the reason I make a play for him, like I said, is positional value or worth it at number seven. Look what we did in college. Wide receivers have the opportunity, like Jamar Jefferson did last year, or Justin Jefferson did, to put up like 1,200 yards, 8 to 10 touchdowns, you know, no matter how good a a quote-unquote tight end or some of these other players are, it's hard to get that production. So I'd be up for that just based on production, based on his profile, things he's put on tape, and just being a a real big still position of need for the Lions long-term. Now, I think the Lions could get by this year with their current receivers. I really do. You just sort of roll out there and say, hey, Tyrell, you're our one. Perriman, you're our two. Cephas, you're our three. And then go get a guy later that can be a slot player, that can be a gadget guy, whatever it may be. Um, I I think that could work, especially in a year like this where you don't know what you're going to get for the Lions and everything like that. And we're going to get into it. Um, you know, we'll get into some other things. How good will the Lions be? What are the expectations? You know, we'll talk about that as we lead in. But uh, like I say, that's kind of my take. Uh, positional value not as important. Uh, the guys that excite me at number seven. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's kind of make this a shorter first segment. Let's go ahead and take a break. Get our sponsors in here. Get Believe in Lions. Uh, give that a listen, please. That's my show with Benny Blades. B-L-E-A-V and Lions. Check that out. Everybody will be back talking more draft and more Lions right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. What's going on, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers and Lions fans? This is Derek Oakry, your host of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And this is normally where I tell you about one of our great sponsors. But today, I want to tell you about my other podcast. It's on the Believe Podcasting Network. It's with Lions Legendary Safety Benny Blades. You got to check it out. It's called B-L-E-A-V. They pronounce that Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. Me and Benny have a ton of fun. We make each other laugh. We talk Lions. You get great football stories from Benny. And I don't know, he happens to mention, I don't know, five plus times a show about his stories from the U. You know, he started at the University of Miami. Talks all about that. So please go to your favorite podcast platform. Type in B-L-E-A-V in Lions. It'll come right up for you. Please hit that subscribe button. Share it with a friend. Check it out today. Believe in Lions. 
What's going on, everybody? We're back from the break. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please hit that subscribe button here on this show, as well as uh, BLEAV, Believe in Lions, on the Believe Podcasting Network, myself and Benny Blades. Really appreciate that. Thank everybody for listening. So I hope everybody's doing good. I mean, I think we're 23 days away from the draft when I'm recording here. You guys will hear this on Wednesday. It'll be even less um, than that. And I'm fired up about it. I really am getting the DTO scouting office ready to go. I think this is a big draft. I think the next couple are going to be even bigger for the Lions with the multiple first rounders and all that type of thing. But I'm, I'm really excited to see who they get. So like I said, we're hoping to have uh, Aaron on for the show. Didn't work out. I'm kind of just rolling through what we were going to chat about and uh, do another solo show here. So let's just get right into it. Um, I was going to, you know, throw it at him. You know, what's your plan at linebacker and wide receiver? Like, I feel the Lions have kept Jamie Collins. They've kept Jalen Rees-Maben. They've cleared out pretty much all their other linebackers. Oh, yeah, by the way, Jelani Tavai is there. And, yeah, unfortunately, he's still just a refrigerator with a jersey on. I mean, he, we found out he can't run. He can't tackle. He doesn't have instincts. He can't get after the quarterback. He really can't do much with this guy. And Dan freaking Campbell basically said the same thing. I basically forgot about him when he was talking about the linebackers they had on the roster. So, you know, when you ask me, like, how am I going to fix the linebackers? I mean... Gosh, I'm definitely taking one in those top few rounds when the value's right. And some of my mocks, I've been getting Cameron McGrone a lot from Michigan. Um, Dylan Moses is absolutely tumbling down the draft board. So I think that would be an interesting option. You know, they've got some of these other, you know, more twitchy guys or depending on what you're looking for. I really, it's hard to almost know what Brad Holmes wants, but I'd really like some of those Zayvon Collins types where, yeah, he's a bigger body, but. You can move them all around and you can do some different things. You know, Aziz Ojolari, some of those linebackers that can also be almost like a defensive end. I, I love those type of players as well. And and the kid Jamin Davis out of uh, Kentucky or whatever, he's an absolute physical freak and just uh, always around the football. Like, gosh, if he was in the top of round two and they could get like a, a guy like Kyle Pitts and then Davis, that would really just be two dynamic players I think for the Lions but yeah I'm I'm definitely adding in the draft I mean the Lions have done a nice job at cornerback of sort of they got Okuda they got AO and they got Mike Ford who I think is horrible and uh, you know they just don't have a ton of depth but they brought in Corn Elder I mean Benny Blaze isn't here but I guess I gotta play the soundbite anyway because Corn Elder you know he's from the U. <laughs> so Benny would definitely tell you the Lions are on the right track because they got a guy from the U uh, playing f- for the Detroit Lions now. So I, I like that. I like Cornell. There's a player. I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, but I think that's a nice move. He's 26 years old. Um, he can do some different things, both inside, outside, you know, pretty much more of an inside guy, um, kind of like at that 60 type rating for PFF. I mean, not great, not bad and see what he can do. Maybe he just needs more opportunity and seem to come on here in the last little bit in his career. And then a little bit before we got recording here on the show, they brought in uh, Quentin Dunbar as well, who's a big, long corner. He's had some success in the league. I want to say he was with uh, Washington and then went out to Seattle and 
And he's had some injury issues. We get it, but thought this was another nice play. You know, 26 years old as well, I believe. Uh, I believe he's over six feet tall, 200 pound type corner, I believe. And I, I really like that signing a lot. Uh, not only just because of the player, but because it adds depth. So what, what I'm getting to, getting back to the linebackers, is I feel like they've noticed that they didn't have a ton of depth at corner. So those two bodies help, and they can still draft one if the price is right and the value sets up properly. And then the same with linebacker. Like, they need to bring in another body or two. Like, my guy, Eric Wilson. Like, I I've, I was sure this guy had re-signed with the Vikings. He basically took on the middle linebacker spot last year when I think Kendricks was down, a couple other players. This guy's flying all over the field making plays every week. It seemed like he had 8 to 10 tackles and was getting after the quarterback sometimes, causing some turnovers. Like... Eric Wilson, I think he has Detroit roots. I mean, he's right in the prime of his career, 26, 27 years old, a linebacker. Bring him in here for two years. Um, give him a nice little deal and, and bring him in here because Eric Wilson, I think, is a good football player. And Avery Williamson, I believe, who was with, gosh, where was he? With the Jets. And then he went over to the Steelers, I believe. He's still out there as well. So add add that or even more of a depth body. They did bring in Anzalone. I forgot about him. Um, Anzalone. Sorry, I think that's how they're pronouncing it. I, I, it was always Anzalone. Like, that just sounds better. And um, like I say, hopefully he still, he still has the crazy hair when he comes here to Detroit. But um, he's a good good player. I mean, I like what he brings. He seems motivated. He seems like he wants to be here. I just need to see him make plays, you know, on Sunday. But nah, that was a nice addition. So they, they just need another body or two. And then they need to find the right sweet spot here in the draft, whether it be the top of round two, if Davis makes it there, the kid from Kentucky, or rounds three, four. You know, that's where you're looking at McGrone. You're looking at, um, you know, do they want a sure, um Surratt, the kid from North Carolina, you know, that could be an option as well if they want more of a speedy, you know, coverage, get after the quarterback type linebacker, that could be an opportunity as well. But yeah, you're going to have to add, you're still thin and still not very good at that position, in my opinion. Wide receiver, I mean, Tyrell Williams, Perriman, Cephas, we've already talked about. Everybody wants them to take a wide receiver high, but man, there's just absolute gold in rounds two, three, four, and even five, in my opinion. So I'd be looking to add one or two receivers, a, a little slot gadget player, and then, yeah, if I can find a guy that has crazy speed and just get up over the top and just be a nightmare or even a set dead set number one, that's what I'd be looking to add in free agency, and then... You know, wide receivers seem like you can always find them every year in free agency, somebody get cut, whatever it may be. So even if they don't address it heavily in the draft, I think you're still going to roll out a decent receiving core there for Jared Goff and company. So that's kind of how I would do it. The next kind of conundrum I got here on the show is skill guys or defensive beasts. I mean, what do you value more? Do you, do you love those flashy gadget players that catch the ball, score touchdowns, sell jerseys, get the fan base excited? Or do we finally want to invest in some crazy defensive players and build a team like, I don't know, the Ravens, 
the Steelers. You know, these teams that every year got these defensive monsters coming off the edge, interior players, nasty safeties, corners that can lock up all over the football field. I mean, it seems like Detroit fans for the last little bit ever since the millionaire started love, love weapons, love weapons. They just want receivers and tight ends and running backs and quarterbacks and, you know, just all this, all these toys on the outside when I mean yeah that's exciting you know Kansas City has done it right where they did that and it's fun to watch and it's the new age NFL I get it but I think Detroit would really gravitate too to just some absolute peace on defense I'm talking about guys that can hit can get after the quarterback down in down out corner or two that just like you're not catching passes on us we've seen too many passes being caught on the Detroit Lions the past couple years making us look like Swiss cheese so I'll be real interested to see where Brad Holmes Dan freaking Campbell where they go because you know I'm not gonna go back to that number seven pick in full but I think that top pick is a is a tone setter you know you get a guy like Sewell you know, you, you you get a foundation piece more so than a, a receiver. And people might be screaming right now going, well, but you want the tight end. Yeah, well, I, I, I want that player because he's just so unique. And it seems like the value would be there at seven based on what he can bring to the table. But if Sewell is there, I told you I'm taking Sewell. Like, if I can trade down, yeah, then I'm looking at these linebackers, defensive ends, corners come into play. So, I'm torn. I mean, as much as I love watching offense and love people being able to do some things with the football and that sells tickets, I get it. I'd love to have that solid D knowing that in today's game, you can have a real solid D and then have a... Uh, middle-of-the-road offense and still put up points so it's a hard call you know I'll be curious to see when this draft shakes out if it's like man they're going all in on this offense to help Jared Goff and to sell tickets and get people excited or are they going with you know meat and potatoes quality football players on defense and on offense that yeah maybe they don't excite you but on Sunday they make plays and, and they and they show up and they're consistent they're good character guys and they're guys that have filled needs and that are just going to show up every day and help us win ball games. That's what everybody wants to do is win with this team. And kind of the final thing I had here for the show was what's the quickest way to success? And is that better? Is the quickest way to success really the way that would get everybody excited? Or do we want this real long-term vision for the Lions and everybody, you know, on the surface would say, well, of course, we want the long term vision. But how many times have we been sold as a fan base? Just hang in there. Just be patient. It might take a few years. How many times have I said on the show? Hold up now. Matt, Pat's going to get it together. All these players are going to come together. And then it's it's a four years lost of our football fandom. You know, it's four years of horrible football. It's two regimes, three regimes now where they haven't been able to get it right and they've changed the scheme, they've changed the building, they've changed the draft philosophy and it hasn't worked. So everybody wants to preach long-term, but that's just because we want them to get it right and we want them to get it right so that long-term we can be a competitive football team that shakes off this 
you know, mystique that we have and starts being con- consistent playoff contenders, home playoff game type team, a team that can win a home playoff game and could go deep in the playoffs and make a run at a championship. That's what we want. So that's the perfect scenario when you're thinking, well, yeah, of course, yeah, I want long because you want that. But I'm here to tell you, like, I think what Brad Holmes, Dan freaking Campbell, these coaches have done so far is they've really flipped the table upside down on the culture. They have people excited. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and different social medias really happy with what they've done so far. Not much griping. Everybody seems to be on board. I mean, I've heard more people than I can imagine, and I'm one of those people. This is going to be one of the most exciting years of football since before they drafted Matt Stafford because I don't know what I'm going to get. Halfway through Matt Stafford's career, I pretty much knew what I was going to get every year. Yeah, there was the hope that he was going to be, um, you know, make that leap and, and be that upper echelon quarterback like he was when he threw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. But you pretty much knew you were going to get ho-hum, middle-of-the-road touchdowns, too many turnovers uh, at the end of the day, and we were going to be the same type of football team. We weren't going to hear anything exciting in the media. We weren't going to, you know, get up and surprise any good teams. We were just going to be, you know, adequate, decent, but never elite, never top quality. And and I'm not saying this line seems going to be top quality. What I'm saying is like, I don't know what they're going to be. And that excites me. And I, and I feel juice and excitement from the team, the coaching staff. I feel like new players to watch at quarterback, wide receiver, running back, um, you know, defensive line. We got Brockers in there, you know, um, some of these new linebackers bring some juice to this team where it's just going to be so fun to watch regardless of results. And I, I guess like the quick, turnaround that I think fans want to see is is exactly that they want to see a totally new football team in 2021 and 2022 than we've been used to this past I don't know decade you want to see people flying around you want to see guys with chips on their shoulders effort you want to see young football players that have the chance to be absolute game changers be at multiple pro bowls you know, make those deep playoff runs. So I think fans want to see that quick turnaround of just like on the field or just who they're bringing in, which they're already starting to see. And then, of course, they want that to translate into long-term success for the Detroit Lions. And I think that, you know, right now, best of both worlds uh, seems to be occurring. Um, But I'm going to talk on the Friday show about, you know, will Brad Holmes get this draft right? We're, we're all assuming right now that he's got this handled and he's doing a great job and he's got this big plan. I think we're going to know a lot more after the draft of how this roster is coming together. Again, I'm on his side. I like what he's done. I really like the mojo Dan Campbell is bringing. I love all the assistant coaches. I love a lot of these upside players they're bringing in that, yeah, they, yeah, a few of them might be injury prone and might wash out, but I think you're going to find some diamonds in the rough there where it's like, man, we got that kid for a year or two and he played much better than guys we were paying, I don't know, Justin Coleman, $10 million to be a piece of Swiss cheese and slot corner or, you know, finally getting rid of, you know, some of our, our linebackers or even, even our receivers that left. It's kind of like, you know, I was a Kenny guy, you know, I liked Marvin, but am I excited to see Perriman and 
Tyrell Williams and possibly Jamar Chase out there? Heck yeah, I am. That'd be great. So I can't wait for it. So I, I think, you know, the Lions have a big picture in mind, which is good. They just got to get it right. They are also showing some quick turnaround. They're not just putting a horrible football team out there. And hopefully after the draft, we'll be even more excited. But it's all going to come down to also putting up some W's in 2021. You do not want to go like two wins, four wins, even like five, six wins. You'd like to be in that, you know, seven, eight, even nine category. That That's what we get the fan base excited that, hey, we saw some quick turnaround dividends, both with our play on the field, the players we have now, the future. But we also are winning a few games. And then you can roll into next year where you got two first rounders. You know, a team on the uprise, you got some exciting players to build around. And now you see that long term vision coming into play, both at the quarterback position, skill players, defense, offensive line, all those things you want to see that can make you a winning football team long term, championship type football team, which all of us have been waiting for here in Detroit. So, whoo, there it is, everybody. You gotta, you know what you gotta do with that that positivity. I just filled up your cup with that Honolulu blue Kool Aid. You know what I'm saying? You know what to do. Drink it in, man. Everybody, drink that Detroit Kool Aid. Shorter show. I was trying to get AB on here, but guy can't get his tech working. He's driving me nuts. So I said, hey, I just gotta, I gotta roll. I'll do a solo. We'll see if we can get him back on. We'll see if we got me on Friday. But I'm gonna be bringing the heat if it's me on the Friday show. I got more draft stuff to talk about. We'll be like under 20 days, basically two some weeks, two to two and a half weeks away at that point. We talk an NFL draft. Who knows who the Lions might bring in before then. And we'll be talking about it here on the show, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great week. We'll catch you Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man.